you love to talk about your dog almost too much? Us too, which is why we created a space where we celebrate it. This is for those who love the four-legged friends they rescued because they got rescued right back. Each week, we bring on a dog mom or a dad to talk about their rescue dogs and how they changed their lives. This is Rescue Dog Moms, a parenting podcast. I'm Yamini, and this is Boss. Today's guests are Grace and Tiana, co-hosts of Foster University. Much like my podcast, except younger and hipper, Foster U features the life of two university students who love fostering and love rescue. It's like the Gen Z brand to my deep, deep millennial vibes. Jokes aside, Grace and Tiana are so accomplished, like way more accomplished fosters than me. They're so young, but have already fostered so many dogs. So I cannot even imagine what's going to happen by the time they're my age. They have a ton to share about fostering in this podcast. We talk about their foster highlights, top fostering tips, and of course, their podcast and how it came about. We actually had such a good time filming this. We chatted forever. I didn't keep all of it, but I think I kept the good parts. So I hope you enjoy. Hello, Grace and Tiana, my special guest for today. Welcome to Rescue Dog Moms. Hi. I'm so excited. I love Our when the podcast babes get together. A trio. Quite the trio we have here. <laughs> Exactly. Well, for those who don't know, these two ladies are the fantastic hosts of Foster University, a podcast that much like mine focuses all into the rescue world. But you know, if you want a sorry, you guys Gen Z's or millennials? What's going on here? Gen Z. Okay, cool. Because I was gonna make it this brand that like, I'm the like old millennial and you guys (laughs) know that's our differentiator. No, it really yeah, is. We're baby. Grace mm-hmm. is the most baby. I always forget that she's 19 and I'm not much older, but I just, I'm 21. So I always feel like it is like a different stage. Kind yeah. Of. Well, I am not afraid of really my age. I'm 31. So if you refer, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that. I don't think I would have. Okay. I would have pinned like, yeah, no, like 20 something. Yeah. You know, I was that for a while. And then I, <laughs> pande- literally I turned 30 the in 2020. So I entered the pandemic and I was like, wow, worst 30th birthday ever. I turned 19 and during the pandemic. Wow. Just got wasted with my parents at home. It was fine. <laughs> That's one way to do it, honestly. We'll get you guys back out there once it's open. (laughs) True. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I've seen the Black Lab Brewery has some stuff going on and I'm like, that'd be so fun. Yeah, we have to make it out there sometimes. No, I have all these lists of like dog friendly spots and we've made it to a few. Like our local is like Blood Brothers. So we used to go there all the time with our dogs. Once we went with a whole group of rescue people and each of us had two dogs, that was fun. They were like, what the fuck is on this patio? (laughs) Barking. And, and they were like all littles, so it's also really funny. Oh my god! Uh, no, that's so at some point when things open up again, we'll do an IRL. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Maybe since both of you are actively fostering right now, I thought we'd do a you know Miss Dog Moms. You might be foster dog moms, but you're still dog moms. Teen dog moms. Yeah. <laughs> Single mom. Maybe cut out my singing. Maybe cut out my singing. <laughs> that I'm refusing to cut out. No, that was a good one. That's my 
going to be my second career. Anyways. I love it. Well, Chiara, how about you tell me a little bit about your your foster baby, Zeus? Yes. So I currently have Zeus. He's from a Milton-based rescue, and he is a six-year-old boxer. He came to me actually in September and has had a lot of dental issues. So he actually underwent two different surgeries to fix up his infected, disgusting, smelling mouth. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But now he's living his life. He actually, the day we are recording this, he actually had two meet and greets today. And I think we have a family in there that's going to be really fun for him. Um, But I he has been with me for a really long time now so it's gonna be really really hard for me to let go of him and I might cry thinking about that right now so I'm not gonna talk about that anymore but he is really the perfect most goofy boxer I've ever met and I love him very much (laughs) what a cutie do you know anything about like his story like where is he rescued from yeah so he was surrendered to the rescue because his family they actually loved him very much but they were moving to Portugal because of some family issues and they couldn't take him with them so it was very sad he was very confused and it was for the best he could not make the trip to Portugal with them did he come to you straight from his family home yes That's he did so sad I know I know he was very confused that tough adjustment those first um that first kind of week in there but I think he realized there's like I live in a house with four other girls who's from a university student and everybody loves him so he's just the best boy does he, he like all the attention quickly. he's getting oh it? yeah oh yeah there's always somebody looking for Zeus cuddles so he's constantly surrounded by love tell them about his kitty oh my god yes so my roommate has a little kitten and they actually he came the same day my roommate got her kitten and we knew he was cat friendly already so it was he used to live with cats as well so he very quickly became obsessed with the cat and now the cat like bites his ears and he just like takes it and the cat like claws at his face I don't know how to describe it but like they just love each other and he'll just like sniff him and play with him sometimes he chases him but it's out of like playfulness not like I want to eat you it was like it's like that's super cute cats and dogs together is just this dream that i want in my life but i also feel like is maybe unattainable and i just have to come to terms with it yeah i feel like i also don't like cats that much i just like cats with dogs yeah yes yes yeah i'm not a huge cat person but seeing them together i'm like oh my god they're so cute and what's uh his personality like oh he's just a big goofball like so friendly so goofy well he was like barking at a box of mac and cheese the other night that was pretty funny he's just weird and like also kind of like your creepy uncle that'll just stare at you for a little while and you're like hello (laughs) he's just trying so hard not to laugh the best way to describe him grace I know you don't have a permanent foster with you right now, but you are taking care of a very special girl from Fetch and Release. So yeah, so I've had Nancy just for, I don't know, like the week or something, a week and a bit. Her foster mom fostered Scatty back in the day. So I babysat her and then we became friends. And then the moment I heard Nancy needed somebody to babysit her, I was like, "Mm, send her to me, please. So Nancy's from China. She came kind of last minute and a rescue bailed on her and fetch 
took over and gave her and some other dogs a good foster home, like a place to stay. We think she's around two. I would almost like guess older. She's got that white snoot. She's so cute though. I don't know. It's hard to tell. She also has some dental issues that are not issues (laughs) anymore, but so she's got like no teeth on the upper row of her mouth and it's so cute. I seriously can't with the no teeth thing because she was always like licking her lips and whatnot. Oh my God, so cute. And she's just like a teeny tiny baby. I saw photos of her before coming to me and I thought she was going to be like 35, 40 pounds. She's like a solid 16 pounds. Like she is a tiny baby. I literally can't understand it. Like even every picture you post, it's like, I'm aware. And I I see pictures of her in laps. But even in laps, she looks big. She's got a lot of fluff. She's got a lot of like neck chunk going on. (laughs) But no, she's like the tiniest little baby. Happy you guys both have some adorable puppy company. I wanted to talk to you guys about fostering overall. Would love to hear how your foster journey began. I don't even know how I found out about it. I'm a very obsessive person. (laughs) So when I have something I want to do, I'm like all for it. And I'm like annoying about it, but it gets done kind of thing. So I started fostering at 18. I was just out of high school. It was 2020. You know, I was home a lot. I was just finishing high school online, going into my first year of university that was fully online, which sucked. And I had never had a dog before ever in my life. I can count maybe like one or two times that the neighbor's dogs were in our house. But other than that, like we had never had a dog in our house. Inexperienced to say the least, (laughs) but I love dogs. I was afraid of them growing up, but then I eventually like started like my dog walking business when I was like eight or something. I had always asked for a dog. It was always an overwhelming no from my parents. I asked during the pandemic and I was like, it's free. I think that's something people don't know. Kind of thought about it for two days and I would like go for walks with them purely so I could get them alone to be like, let's talk about dogs, shall we? Like (laughs) they caved and we started. Like I think they felt bad. I you know, didn't have prom or graduation. I had planned a trip to Greece with my sister that we didn't end up going on. So like all the things just like crumbled. I'm sure everybody can relate. So you were like, give me a dog, guys. Like guys, I I planned it out. I have it ready. I just got to send the application. So let me do it. I have to admit, I did like very little research. I was looking up Pet Finder. That's probably how I found it. I was scrolling through Pet Finder. Fashion release came up, clicked it saw things were free and I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm going to do it. So I put in my application and probably like three weeks later, I was going to pick up doggo number one, best day of my life. (laughs) That's amazing. We'll definitely talk about how that went. Tiana, why don't you let me know how your journey began? Kind of similar to Grace, except I did grow up with dogs, but it had been a few years since our last dog passed and I wasn't at school because of the pandemic and I was at home with my parents I remember just like looking at fostering online and being like oh like I have nothing to do like I want to feel like I have a purpose and want something to like you know do good in the world and I ended up actually making a slideshow that I presented 
to my parents <laughs> with a whole bunch of rescue dog pictures and why it would be so great for our family to foster a dog while I am at home. Because I was like, I'll do all of the work. It'll be my thing. I just have to get your approval to have it in our house, right? They thought on it for a few days as well and took a lot of begging. I don't even know, like, remember how it happened, but eventually they said yes. Literally a week later, got my first foster dog after that. And then the rest is history. <laughs> wow. Do you still have that yeah. slideshow? Oh my gosh, I probably do. <laughs> I've never heard that story. Really? So I wanted to ask you guys why? Yeah, why do you continue fostering? Why do you love it? And why are you guys not failing when any of these adorable puppies? <laughs> <laughs> Long short, we're poor. (laughs) (laughs) Very legit. No, I don't know what he's like. I know, like, I just love fostering in general. Can't foster fail, but I love fostering because I have gotten to try out so many dog breeds that I never thought. I would even consider in adopting and I've also like I had a chihuahua and I was also very big little dog hater I am not a little dog hater anymore I understand the hype I want a chihuahua now and also with school it's really helpful because Grace and I are both in university it's really helpful we can be like to the rescue we're working with we're like I can foster till this date But after that, I might have something with school or if you have babysitters with your rescue, you can be like, okay, this, my exams are going to kick my butt right here. So I need someone to, you know, take my dog off my hands or just like things like that. There's a lot of resources to help you, but you also still have that companionship while you're at which is really nice there's something about having a dog that keeps you like in a routine I wake up every at the same time every day go out for my walk like I do these things and I get stuff done purely because somebody else is counting on me to do it and I I mean like I would like to pass university too like I'd like to get a job it does like kind of hold you accountable Mm -hmm. in our situation and when when exam season does come it's nice to have a little like stressful relief with your doggo this is maybe now me (laughs) reflecting on like having recently adopted my second dog like I fostered so many second dogs and now that I've adopted one I am so much lazier (laughs) like (laughs) foster you do that stuff because you're also like this dog is going to someone else whereas Mm -hmm. yes Queenie is very happy just like sleeping in her crate beside me while I work. So I don't do anything. Literally, sometimes she's so cold that she doesn't want to go outside and she'll run away and like poop in a corner of our house and we'll find it later. But like literally Dan and I yesterday were like, it's fine. It's not that bad. (laughs) And and it just made us both be like, if this was a foster, we would not say that. Because we'd be wanting this dog to be like their freaking best tipped off selves but sometimes when it's your dog the pressure of well maybe I just put this pressure on myself but like I look back at my first two dogs and I'm like they were not bad dogs in terms of their training but then the next two were so well trained I was like oh the first two adopters like you guys missed out like I'm better now (laughs) yeah you definitely can notice Mm -hmm. or it just gets easier right like ideally over time well yeah (laughs) it makes more sense like training in general I I feel like the first dog, it's like 
sit, stay, lie down. Actually, I didn't teach him to lie down. I can't teach lie down for my life. I don't know what's going on. But then the next dogs were like, you know, touch, heal, like all the things. And I'm like, yeah, they're so much better. (laughs) I think something cool about um, fostering too is like once you get one adopted out, you can open up your home to another one. And rescues really like uh, me because I don't have another dog. Mm -hmm. So, and that's hard to find in fosters is someone who already doesn't have another dog for those dogs who are a little bit less um, dog friendly. It's definitely true. I mean, whenever at Fetch, we have a really good foster and then they end up failing. It's like bittersweet. It's like, I'm so happy we gave you a forever dog. However, we're very sad to lose you as a foster or, you know, like you said, now they're a different type of foster. Now they have to take Mm -hmm. dog friendly dogs, which we have a lot for. So it's true. We I'm thinking, I thought today, this is just a little shout out. I think their Instagram is Spud Fostering Friends. Am I butchered? Is that right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Spud is a dog that has a lot of fosters come through his door and he is the most balanced like fabulous dog I can't get over it yeah there's some dogs out there that like just do all the work like I know like John like John is for the dogs who's been on my podcast before he pretty much on there was like I don't do anything like my dogs do all the work for me and like he mm-hmm. takes highly behavioral, very reactive, mm-hmm. like a lot of dogs that actually probably wouldn't typically be put in a with house full dog. of dogs, but mm-hmm. with him yeah. because he knows how to like manage it, yeah. it works up to be really successful. I feel like Boss yeah. has become a worst foster brother over time. <laughs> He's just like, why? Why are all these dogs in the home? Please He's just stop. like waiting for Queenie to leave. He's like, why is she no. not? Yeah, we actually <laughs> do say that. We're like, when is he going to figure it out? That she's just here. Small head, here small head. may never cross his mind. Because, <laughs> I mean, the day that a foster leaves, Boss is like the cutest dog. And he's not a very affectionate dog. So when a foster leaves, he's like ready for cuddles. He's like, hell yeah, I'll get you to myself. <laughs> Poor boy. I know. <laughs> I I probably will continue fostering even with two just because I also am like super addicted to it. I still want to, like even though I shouldn't right now. <laughs> I know. Me too. I wanted to maybe think about like all the fosters you've taken and do a little like category or like most likely to kind of thing. I thought you're going to okay. ask your favorite. <laughs> I have a favorite, and I'm you not know. afraid to admit it. We can well, actually, them. actually, Zeus might take yeah. the spot though. The first one is not favorite, but maybe could be close. Who is okay. your cutest foster? Boop. Uh, do you want me to expand on that? <laughs> yeah, you can. While Tiana thinks about it. Yeah, I'm wondering. Four month old Maximut who came he was my foster number three and he was also well I won't say it because that might be another one of your categories but he was the cutest all white with like one black leg and black spotted ears he was so cute I think my cutest looks wise was probably Gunner because he was a French bulldog puppy so it doesn't get much cuter than that like he had his like little chunky legs and his big head and his little cute butt um and his wrinkles (laughs) he definitely was not my easiest (laughs) all right you already said you're too broke to fail but like who is the foster that you would have been most close 
to failing if you could have? I'm going back. Okay, well, my I haven't said this, but my family, my family foster failed because my parents adopted our first foster. She was a senior American bulldog named Chloe. She has now passed on, but she lived out her last few months with us, lived her best life. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm really, not going to cry. I've never met the dog. But yeah, we did foster fail her. She was the best. All right, other fosters, like I, I told my dad, I was like, take Zeus. And he's like, I might. <laughs> it's a toss up between Zeus and my Chihuahua Chichi. I just didn't think Chihuahuas were that cool, but they really are. I'm also a Chihuahua convert. Like, I, I know, right? Now it's like all I want. Every time I see a Chi mix, I'm like, ah. The first awesome. week, I was like embarrassed to walk her. I was like, oh my God, I'm not a small dog person. And then, oh, and then I became a small dog person. I was carrying her around in the Starbucks. <laughs> You're like, I'm embracing my Paris Hilton lifestyle. Exactly. I have only ever asked to foster fail one dog. It was our first dog, Champ. And I got a no. And then I cried about it. I cry. Well, I cry a lot. And I'm so glad I didn't because his parents are like the best humans on earth. You've never seen a dog with a fuller closet. Like he wears a new outfit every day. And he's like a German shepherd mix. He's not like a dress up kind of dog, but he just like puts up with it. I love his jean jacket. His jean jacket. (laughs) I love a jean jacket. So stinking cute. I think that realistically the only dog, not, well, sounds mean, but the only dog that I seriously, seriously would have foster failed was Cornish. And I think like, if you've seen Cornish, you know. <laughs> Cornish. I love him. Who is the most challenging foster you've had? I think our cutest answers are going to be the same for this. Yes, yeah. Yes. Boop. Both of ours were cute, but challenging. What was going on with little Boop? So we got him actually from my foster coordinator at the time who had a dog and they weren't getting along. So I was like, send him my way we got him a day after our last foster left it was good for the first day and then we woke up the next morning and he started lunging and barking at my parents to the like where that was like kind of a bite risk situation like it was he was very fearfully aggressive towards them totally understand you were just taken from literally everything you've ever known and it was kind of a tricky behavioral situation because it was like partly guarding partly fearful and then I'm sure that mixed in together because when I left the house he was fine with my parents and he was happy to be with them but when I came back it was like a big deal he stayed on a leash in the house for probably a month before he was cool with them but once he was cool with them he was so cool with them he loved them and on top of that he was a puppy high energy puppy it turns out after his adopters did his dna he's a rottweiler mostly which you would never know i know it kind of feels fake right yeah right (laughs) Um, he on top of being a puppy he was afraid to go outside he didn't get any exercise it we were a month and a half in fostering him before we got him outside wow he was a tricky one (laughs) kidding i would have to say i kind of have like three tricky ones because (laughs) i was not being the smartest person when school went online and it was like midterm season I was asked to take in two uh, five-week-old puppies from Manitoba and I did because they were just they sent me pictures and they were just too stinking cute but that was challenging a lot of sleepless nights in the middle of midterm season was not my best idea we made it through they 
they actually once we kind of figured out a routine with each other they really weren't that bad but my biggest challenge probably puppies are always quick because they get adopted like that but my biggest challenge would have to be Gunner because Gunner had that load of medical issues he came to us after having two rectal prolapses and two rectal prolapse surgeries and seizures all by five months which is why we don't read French Bulldogs. Yep. He was just a medical mess. He was pooping blood constantly for the first week or two until we kind of got his food right and his medications right. He hadn't presented to me with any seizures in the first like month. So we were like, oh, maybe it was just like a fluke, one-time thing. But then one night, two seizures within two hours of each other. Pedal to the metal to the emergency clinic because one seizure is yeah. fine, but two that close together is not good. So he spent the day on IV fluids and figuring stuff out. He ended up coming back to me with a whole bunch of meds and he was medicated every eight hours. So that means I was three times a day nonetheless, but that was means I was getting up in the middle of the night or really early once I finally kind of switched over. I think it was 10, 6, and then 2 p.m around the clock meds and um to kind of tie it all in he was also a puppy so he needed all that puppy training and he also did not have like a good basis coming to me because of all his medical issues in the early life he was just allowed to do pretty much whatever he wanted which made it really difficult he was a bit of an ankle biter a and it took me the entire three months to potty train him it just never got to his head <laughs> oh my god it's just like no i don't need to do that i, I can yeah. just poop forever oh my gosh yeah it's definitely exactly. a challenging one medical cases i haven't had to deal with and every time i hear about them like that is very hard so kudos to you final little of our category section who's your most talented foster oh i feel bad because my answer is going to be one i've already said <laughs> and i feel about bad for the other two dogs that like i haven't <laughs> even mentioned that's sorry okay. King. probably cornish that's only because i was good at training him by the time he came cornish <laughs> because he knew like sit pretty heal he was seriously the best behaved dog so i'm giving it to him i'm gonna give my most most talented to Kiki the Chihuahua because she knew absolutely nothing when she came to me and she was like six years old coming from puppy mill type situation. She didn't even know how to sit. Like I I hadn't even seen her like physically sit before that. Like it was either standing or lying down and there was no middle. But by the end of her time with me, she knew how to sit, lie down, stay, come, get pretty. And we would play games around the house. I would like make her stay on this like landing of the stairs and I like go down all the stairs and she'd stay until I said come. She's a perfect girl. She's so very talented. That is lots of talent. I can give you guys a chance to talk about your other fosters because I don't yeah, want I feel bad if they if their parent like I am so lucky that all of my adopters were all like friends. Like oh, that's so nice. good at friends. Um, so I know Benji's mom listens to a lot of the podcasts we do. Benji was foster number two, a local surrender, a poodle and Pomeranian mix. 
So we love a little designer dog. Him and his brother came into foster care together. It was pretty clear they weren't bonded. And it's like that like litter mate syndrome because they were literally from the same litter and had lived together in a bathroom for like five years or something. Benji was our potty training mission. We didn't know he lived in a bathroom. So we were confused as to why he like was potty trained, but he would go to the bathroom in our bathroom all the time. And we were like, that's so weird. Until we found out, oh, that's where he had stayed his whole life. He was so sweet. I think if you were to ask my parents who their favorite foster was, Benji Man wins every time. <laughs> it's like no secret. Everyone knows. And then my last girl was Pinta Bean. Just Pinta. I just added the bean. (laughs) And unfortunately, I didn't train her like at all. She was so sweet. I didn't need it. She yeah, dogs are fine. You tell her to sit and she would look at you with a big smile and her <laughs> tail would wag. And like she would sit eventually, but you know, like <laughs> and she is like so sweet. She has to be the snuggliest dog that I've ever had. Those are my two honorable mentions. <laughs> Queenie is exactly like Pinta. Like that's also why I feel like we feel a bit guilty because we're like, how much do we train this girl? When yeah, literally we're like trying to teach her calm and she's like sitting like shaking and her like tails going so I'm like how long do I wait before I give her this food like do I, I wait for two hours because I don't think that'll be enough she'll still be crazy oh my gosh I saw your story the other day what's in the green bins that they sit on is there like that is that their food or is that purely for them to sit on we have flour in those and then yeah we started using them to sit on because that's what like our trainer Andrea when I did in, like a general obedience course with her we were just trying to get a boss on top of like a stool and that was impossible he was terrified like it took that whole session to do that but then once he got it now he's evolved to those so we do about it there and now we're not going to do it for a bit but andrea is saying our next step is to like literally get a can of beans and he's gonna sit on top of it oh my god my honorable mention is callie is my parents um, most recent rescue because I've now converted my parents into rescue enthusiasts. I love it. Um, after Chloe passed, like you can tell, my dad was a wreck, and he just like really needed that companionship, and he loves like he takes our dog like for literally five walks a day. Like I'm not kidding, five walks a day. He tailors it to the dogs, like because Chloe could only go so far, she would like do a loop around our little porch and that's all but still she would get out five times a day which is actually very good for her and her joints the little short spurt so he needed a dog so a few sorry Chloe but I think it's only a few weeks later he saw this dog I'm not even sure which rescue it was from now her name is Callie she is a bulldog mix wink wink a little a piddle if you will she had a lot of issues with other dogs and we've done a lot of training well my parents have done a lot of training with her and now she is the sweetest with my foster dogs and she actually went to um the dog park and did some pack training so now she really understands how to interact with other dogs and is actually helping my foster dogs kind of know their way in the world like she's helped Zeus a lot and she'll tell a dog when they're being too much and Zeus is a lot a lot of the time 
<laughs> so now he's kind of learning how to respect other dogs' faces and when they say no, to like actually listen. Mm-hmm. And so she's actually been, I was a little bit nervous when they first got her, but she's been great and helpful to your dogs. That's my honorable mention. Probably girl. Big honorable mention. She sounds great. Yep. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Why did you start the podcast? I mean, you obviously were both so passionate about rescue and fostering. What transition made you just be like, let's talk about it in a microphone and put it out for people to see? (laughs) That was, again, my obsessive personality, I think. I listened to your episode with Freedom Dogs, and I can actually say that I was literally, I think I was like mopping the floors, and I'm like bawling as they're telling their story about, I think Maddie tells her story about going to pick up their rotty puppy and the situation, literally crying. And so that was like probably like a little bit before, but I swear that's like probably what got me into listening to podcasts, getting into listening to podcasts about dogs and rescue dogs. I thought like, hey, we've got kind of an interesting niche in that like, at the time, I didn't know very many students that fostered. Literally, Tiana was the only person I like knew of that fostered in university. So I texted her. Well, I DM'd her and I was like, <laughs> you want to start a podcast? <laughs> yeah, we had been talking like just through Instagram for a little bit before that. We had never met in person. We had oh God, I didn't never, know that. No, no, we had never talked on the phone. We had I assumed like, you guys was, were friends. No, we had was purely, never met her. It was a purely Instagram like relationship, oh. just like replying to stories, but it was pretty much the extent of our relationship at that point. So she messaged me. She's like, Do you want to start a podcast with me? And I was like, Why not? <laughs> yeah, you came on strong and I was like, This is good. This is good. Yeah, that touches exactly. my heart. I love that story. No, it's so true though. Like rescue brings you so many friends. It's like genuinely, I wouldn't have had anything to talk to you about. Like, I mean, now we know we have stuff to talk about, but it's such an easy thing to be like, oh, like I rescue dogs. What do you do? Kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We literally met up a week later. We were like, we should probably meet before we start a whole podcast together. Make sure we like each other. Well, and our parents were both like, make sure, like, number one, you don't go by yourself and meet somebody that you met on the internet. Like, oh my God, I've done that way too many times. I know. (laughs) Both of our parents were like so concerned for our well being. Yeah. Again, millennial versus Gen Z. My parents did not monitor my internet use growing up. So (laughs) the parents now they know. Oh, she's studying. (laughs) Little do they know. We met, we talked about it. Probably like a week later, we did it. And I don't know, I think like my drive behind it is that, especially coming from so little experience with dogs, I had no idea what I was getting into in terms of fostering. And now, like, ask anyone I'm I'm obsessed basically like 90% of my conversations throughout the day are just about dogs and I just think it's like an interesting our niche of being fosters in university is a good way to tell people like you don't have to be like some special person who like has such a strong heart to do this like you can just be an 18 year old girl who was like 
I want a dog. Yeah, exactly. I think it's also cool that we talk about a lot, like how we kind of manage our time with school and with having a dog because everybody's like, I could never do it. And of course, that's what I thought before starting to foster, but I started to foster in the pandemic and I kind of figured it out when I was at home in online school. And now we are back in person and like now I've got it figured out. So it's cool that we're able to like give those resources to other people so we can get more people fostering more dog space that's awesome and I mean if you start young you got lots of years to foster so that's amazing I mean I only started fostering yeah like same around the same time as you guys so like post pandemic and before that I was I mean I've, I've been obsessed with dogs my entire life like I never was able to have a family dog and I just always wanted one dad always said no and then what's wrong with them Oh my God. My dad is hilarious still about it. He's just like, when he tells me stories about how he, like his dog that he had growing up, I understand because culturally things were really different. And I was like, yeah, if you don't spay your dog and she runs away and gets pregnant constantly, then yeah, I would also not want a dog. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That is like, so like, our like little like privileged, like ethnocentric mindset that I'm like, oh, I didn't even consider that. My dad's just like not a dog person, but it's different. I totally see that. Yeah, I don't know. I just always was like, you had a dog. So why don't, why can't I have one? (laughs) He also was like very right that he was like, he would do all the work because- I was a spoiled kid at that point. So (laughs) one thing that we both try to do on top of the podcast is be active on social. Obviously being on social media is a big part of promoting the podcast. What are your favorite things to do? Obviously we're both trying to get into this real territory, um, (laughs) getting TikTok in place. What are your favorite like social media strategies to get more people to find your pod? Well, I think in general, like reels is it. Like, especially right now, Instagram is pushing that so hard. And even have you seen the seven second video? No word or like no speaking, just text. And that's supposed to like push your stuff out really quick and to a larger audience. I think like I've just like recently become obsessed with the algorithm. I love the algorithm. (laughs) But I don't know. Making TikToks is so fun. It's very on brand. It's like age appropriate. (laughs) Yes. We try to just, yeah, cater towards like our niche that we keep talking about is just like younger, like rescue enthusiasts that will get the TikTok trends. And then, but we also like to make things like we're Canva obsessed Mm -hmm. and just like making different resources that people can share around and trying to just get some education out there even if it's through TikTok and just like being funny and goofy and stupid but yeah how I absorb my information now I can't you know it'll take me it's taken me over a month to read one novel so yeah TikTok (laughs) is how you learn (laughs) besides dogs that's like my other thing I just love reading <laughs> so lame. Guys, it's the romance books. You've got to read the romance books because that will get you hooked. I've actually heard this. I'm reading a good book. I'm just not, I just prioritizing TV and then I regret it. I have ADHD, so I can't even focus on TV or like books. So, but like TikTok captivates me oh, because no. it's, it's something different every time you scroll. It's oh, addicting. Right. I'm learning from TikTok and my therapist that I'm probably also undiagnosed ADHD. So it does make sense. Talking about it. I also <laughs> am diagnosed. 
Um, and it just the way time slips away from you. Oh, yeah. But it's so good. I don't know what t- what it is about TikTok. Like, love Instagram. I think Instagram's always going to be it. Although, like, they seem to kind of be falling behind right now. So interested to see how they're gonna pick back up. But TikTok just like all encompassing. Like it and the dog. Oh my gosh, the way people are so creative with their dogs. It's hilarious. I know. I love like with you guys as well. Like you post such great content <laughs> that other people are sharing. I love your overviews at the end of the week. And it's my way to like, honestly, I'm like, I could do this all day for myself. So why not share? I'm also, you know, I'm going to keep aging myself. I'm part of the Tumblr generation. So we love a curated thing. Like, hey, I'm not a creator, but I'm a curator. I feel like that's why <laughs> I post so many TikToks. I'm like, right. yeah, I'm kind of bad at making them, but I'm really good at telling you which ones are good. That's true. I know. I, if somebody has TikTok tips. Yes. Send them our way because, well, like we were talking about it the other day is that I think people use another app to like make them so like crisp and flow, but yeah. I can't figure out how to use it past the green screen. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> green screens a lot. Touch. Yes. Good boy. For the foster speed round, our guests are going to pick between some options to reveal their favorite foster experience. Let's go. First question, big or small? Big. Big. <laughs> After you just small. I know, my TT, but big. Yeah. Couch potato or athlete? Couch potato. Am I allowed to say in the middle? <laughs> No, you have to pick no. one. <laughs> um, couch potato. Fluffy or non-shedding? Non-shedding. Non-shedding. <laughs> That's that not going to happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> what is your like go-to enrichment for your fosters or like your favorite? Kibble and a towel rolled up and tied. Yeah. I have a oh, Okay. Yeah. Same one. Or tricky treat ball. Oh, yeah. A lot of my dogs haven't been able to catch on, though. Small brains. <laughs> um, actually, next question is smarty pants or dead eyes? Smarty pants. Smarty pants. <laughs> um, what is your go-to, like, top treat that you give to a new foster if you have, like, no idea what they like? Hot dog. Beef liver. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hot dog's a good one. Go for some cheese. I love I love getting cheese straight. Yeah, cheese is also good. What are your favorite rescue breeds? I'm a I'm a big mutt girl. I don't care. Although blue lacy, that's what Cornish was. Yeah. And, and hair. Something about, it, something about it just he's perfect. So you know, I don't really care. <laughs> Pitbulls, aka bulldog mixes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say, but <laughs> you could also say that. I mean, we uh, had an episode okay. on pitbull bands. Yeah. It's very they exist. <laughs> yeah. I also have a soft spot. I mean, I I don't think I've ever actually interacted with like a pure like pitbull, whatever, <laughs> but I've I've fostered enough dogs that I'm like you act like one, so I think you have some in you, mm-hmm. or at least like a staffy or something, yeah, right? Exactly. What is like your favorite country like to rescue from? So like you know, some people really love their Mexi mutts. 
maxi pots I find are hard. Yeah. I would go like Southern United States, Texas, Tennessee. Fun fact about me I've only had fosters from Canada. That's true. A lot of local surrenders and then my Manitoba puppy. Shop I guess local. Canada. Shop local. Yeah. <laughs> shop small, shop local. <laughs> What is the best foster hack you could, you would give to like someone who's never done it before? Keep them on leash. Oh, yes. 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 (laughs) At least the first week. Yeah. I would say enrichment all the way. And part of that dog TV for crate training. Good one. Wow. Dog TV. Yep. On YouTube, do that like dog TV, like. All of my dogs have actually really liked it. Boss used to not look at it, but because Queenie watches it, now he does. <laughs> this now is awesome. Shut down dog or hyper dog? Hyper. hyper. Oh, that surprised me. <laughs> I feel like the shutdown dog is eventually a hyper dog, but it is kind of nice <laughs> that they come and they're like excited to see you right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, I've only had a few shutdown dogs and, but then I have people who've been on this podcast who've just been like, this is why I foster. Like they love Uh, that process. That process is not for me. I would rather help with the reactivity. I just like have more comfort there. Yeah. My only shutdown dog became like fearfully aggressive. So like it was tricky. So (laughs) do you, would you prefer to have a people friendly foster or a dog friendly foster? People. People. My house is constant because like it's a university house. Like even with COVID there's, we're fairly safe, but like there's still boyfriends and yeah. And like <laughs> not mine, not mine, but like a lot of people circling through. So it becomes really stressful when they're not people friendly. So that's something. Crate training. Yes or no. Do you like doing it? Do you feel like it's necessary? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Tiana's better at it than I am, but yes. I don't know. I think I think my dogs are just good. I don't think I'm good at it. No, some dogs are so good at it. I've only had one successful not hating crate too good, but most of them are like, oh yeah, I'll go in here. That's cool. Oh my gosh. We called Champ our Houdini dog because he would start off in his crate and then he we would hear him downstairs because his crate was downstairs, tip tapping around at night. We're like, how'd he get out? We'd go downstairs crate was still fully closed we have no idea that's actually crazy I've never heard it like not being bent or whatever no literally by the end we had 52 zip ties on it and he was still getting out I have no idea he's like a demon or something like he just pooped out of there like yeah catch or tug of war catch catch yeah I don't know I like a lot of my dogs have liked tug but I'm really bad at drop it so like I'm working really hard on teaching them to drop it and do you find that yes. easier with catch? Yeah, because tug like enforces that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think tug's like a fun game. I think a lot of dogs end up like Cornish loved it. Boop loved it. But they both have a lot of learning. So both of their families worked really hard on that because otherwise they would not let go. <laughs> Callie's like that. She will not. She tugs hard and then reverse on it. <laughs> <laughs> Once she gets it. Have you guys ever dressed up any of your fosters? And if so, share your top outfit. (gasps) 
this is my time to shine. I dress them up like every single one because it's cute. I have two top ones. It's my 19th birthday. Like I said, I'm home alone with my parents in Cornish (laughs) and it's like maybe 10 PM. He wore a birthday hat almost all day. Best dog ever. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'll have to send you guys a photo. I have a photo. It's 10 PM. He's asleep on my dad's lap. Keep in mind, he's like a hundred pounds ish with his birthday hat on. So cute. And then Pinta, I got her a one piece pink and black cheetah print onesie pajama set. And the little tail just goes through the back. Adorbs. Of course, my little chihuahua had to dress up to go outside in the winter. And this is actually how Grace slid into my DMs the first time. She Mm -hmm. said, I, I looked back at it. Hold on. Um, okay, wait. So Chi Chi had this pink snowsuit oh. that went um to her like her little ankles and like all around and it it was adorable. You could check out my Instagram <laughs> little plug here. And I also love to dress up my dogs in their one dog co bandanas. But that's how Grace slid into my DMs with Chi Chi. She says, hello, fellow university student foster. I love your foster's little outfit. Aww. <laughs> it doesn't even Do sound something like... along those lines. So pure. I know. Thanks, guys. So polite. Whereas I just be like, O-M-F-G. Yeah, you wrong, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for spending this time with me. Before we wrap up, where can we find your podcast? What's your favorite episode? Like maybe let's have each of you recommend an episode that people should check out. On Insta, we are foster.university. And then you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, um, and a couple more like random ones thrown in there that I'm not sure that many people use, but look up Foster University on any of the above and we'll be there. My personal foster account where I post all my fosters and all the fosters that I babysit is fetch underscore fosters on Instagram. Yeah, my Instagram is dot fostering friends and my favorite episode that we've ever done is probably the new one that's coming out I'm so excited it'll be out by time I put this up so I'll link to it in the show notes February 14th we're putting a Valentine's Day episode out and it was really funny because I could talk about all my great dating experiences with my dog Mine, we did a dogs you should adopt based on your horoscope sign a few months back. I'm not sure that any of those dogs are still adoptable. So like maybe not the number one to listen to. I remember who I was. I totally, I didn't listen to the full episode. I just skipped my part. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But who was it? What, what's your Virgo? Virgo. Hmm. <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway, it was t- it was a fetch dog though. Maybe it was oh, okay. Other than that, we have like a really short episode that we put out last month that is just titled "Send This to a Friend Looking to Buy a Dog," and I think it's a good one to send people who aren't already like in the know in the rescue world. It's just like a quick little info packed about rescuing and then versus some of the other options and why rescuing is like really the best way to go 
That's awesome. I didn't know you guys put that together. That's yeah. always helpful. And do you guys have any fun plans for the rest of the year in terms of where your podcast going to go? Any episodes you guys want to share with us that you're thinking about? We have a goal for this year to do some sort of rescue mission together, go pick up some dogs somewhere. We don't have any details sorted out, but that's kind of like a goal for us once we kind of can slow down with school a little bit and find a good time that we're both available is something we really want to do. I'm thinking, I'm thinking rescue dog moms slash Foster University takes Tennessee. We go to the Tennessee farm. Just saying. Well, I'm just going to let you guys know that I don't drive. I don't drive either. (laughs) Tiana. All right, Tiana, we're going to get all the Red Bull ready for you because you're the only one driving. And it's my only thing. (laughs) So I'm happy to come. I'm very good at DJing. I'm very good at providing snacks. Oh, Um, that's my skill set. I'm a terrible navigator. Dan can (laughs) test. Okay. I could probably navigate. I enjoy driving, but I would be nervous about driving a big van. Because I have a little car. I feel like I need to take it, need to take a van on like a little hour road trip and just see how I feel. I don't know. 15 hours after that one hour. Just be like, I'm good. 15 hours. Here I go. I've heard sometimes people will literally just like drive so slow because they're all the dogs are in there and they're just like. Well, this trip is going to take triple the time. Sorry, guys. Rue it. Just go. Oh, my gosh. Let me get my license and then. Like, if you had to break, if you had to break, like, I'm tossing those dogs all around. One time I was uh, driving with Chi-Chi and I almost got in. She's like six pounds. I had to break forward and I I cried that day because I'm not going to describe what happened, but (laughs) that was no good. Oh my gosh. Okay. I feel like, yeah, we've, <laughs> we, Dan and I had one incident with boss in the back and he also break like, you know, near car crash. And literally all I can still think of is boss in the back. Just like, what is that? Why no. did I just jump forward? Makes me sad. Did you even go on the floor? Like, <laughs> poor baby. The face is like, he wasn't just- dead. I was going to say, it's not podcast ready, the face, but it's, it's it's a, it's a face that makes you understand what she went through and she's still alive and able to talk about it. So a real one. She's, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So she's (laughs) a strong lady. We're hoping to do more guests. Obviously we've got Yamini coming on in the next month or two. So keep an eye out for that. And giveaways. (laughs) We love giveaways. Yeah, true giveaways that's exciting I've literally I'm never so mad anything Me neither. I stop entering because I'm too sad about it Loser. I know. <laughs> like, it takes too much time for me now to with no reward like my ADHD says no exactly <laughs> I need a reward the right? music my therapist and I are working on is whenever I do anything like I have to imagine that I'm in a stadium and everyone's cheering me. So that's like my role. Exactly. That's so sweet. <laughs> I feel like that's what dogs do. They pretty much just like imagine that everyone's just like cheering them on when they do a good job. Literally. But except oh, yeah. everyone actually is cheering them on because they're dogs. Like, perfect. This is my podcast, Therapy Tips for People and Dogs. And dogs. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. Thank you for joining me. Having us. So happy having you on. And 
everybody who's listening, check out our sister pod, Foster <laughs> University. <laughs> Thanks, yes. everyone. Thank you so much. Rescue Dog Moms is a project by Yamini, inspired by her rescue dog boss. To keep up with the Rescue Dog Moms podcast, you can follow us at rescuedogmoms.ca or on Instagram at rescuedogmomspod. See you soon.